as Pastor Jordan said, uncommon. But there's also, there's two words in that. Anybody? You can just say them if you want to. Comment? Oh, no, it's common. No, okay. So there's common and uncommon in this, in this title. Okay, get it? Got it? That's why the, the UN are different color. Okay, so, so we're going to do a little recap from uh, last week. Morgan, who's up on the keys tonight, she preached uh, last week um, on this topic about uncommon and common. Uh, and she talked about, specifically, she talked about Jesus. Um, she says, it was what was inside of Jesus that changed the world and made him stand out. She said that Jesus was after a relationship and not a religion, and that how Jesus walked in power, not in panic. And lastly, Jesus' strong suit was compassion and not criticism. And especially in today's world, that's kind of the opposite. It's usually criticism first, not compassion. But since we're all striving to be like Jesus, and we can and we will, we can choose compassion first over criticism. So, so with those two topics common, uncommon. In mind, I want to give you the definition of each one. So common is occurring or appearing frequently, not rare. So nothing wrong with being common, but it's just common. Uncommon is not often found, seen, or experienced, and then not ordinary. So you can see to be uncommon, you're not ordinary. To be common, not rare. Nothing wrong with being common, though. So I want to explain to you about, first of all, I want to talk about Jesus tonight. Isn't that a good topic to talk about? Talk about Jesus. Uh, Jesus was born to a common man and a woman, uh, Mary and Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter, and Mary was just a young, really young girl at the time. You know, Jesus hung out with common people like fishermen and uh, tax collectors and prostitutes uh, lepers and outcasts. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, uh, he hung between two common criminals. Um, we're talking about Jesus, God of the universe, who, if anything, when he was crucified, should have been done in like some high dollar mansion or on a hill paved with gold, but yet he was crucified on a common hill between two nobodies, if you, if you know what I mean. So, so we're talking about how Jesus was, in his appearance, common. So let's go here to this verse, um, John 20, 11 through 16. I'm reading uh, the majority out of the NLT, New Living Translation, tonight. John 20, verse 11 through 16. Okay, we're going to start. Uh, it says, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb, crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. She says, because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. Verse 14, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go get him. So we're talking about Mary, his own mom, didn't even recognize him, thought he was a gardener. Of course, last time she saw him, he was 
on the cross, bruised, beaten, flesh torn, bloody. But it goes to show that even someone as close as your mom can mistake you for someone else. I'm trying to, I'm trying to prove a point here that Jesus didn't walk around with a halo over his head that wherever you go, but there's Jesus. I can see him. I'm, there he is right there. Jesus, there was nothing specifically that stuck out about him in the natural. He just appeared as a common person. You wouldn't be able to pick him out unless you knew who he was. That's Jesus right there. So I want to I wanna kind of try to prove that point. Mary says, or I'm sorry, Jesus says, Mary, after she just asked him, take me and tell me where he is. He said, Mary, she turned to him and cried out, teacher. That just goes to show again. She didn't realize that her own son was standing right there in front of her. She mistaken him from someone else. You know, we've all heard about B.C. and A.D., our whole calendar system, history, and things are planned around the birth and the death of one man. And B.C. is before Christ, A.D. is after death. But um, I found something that was pretty interesting. It says that the time that Jesus was on earth was referred to as, you might know this, C.E., which was the common era, which goes to show me he was born yet again in a common time. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was a freeze, like a little nugget. Um, but here's the kicker. So we're talking about Jesus. Everybody's thinking, well, come on, Jesus is God. I mean, he's walking around. He's powerful. But I wanted to prove a point. What was inside of Jesus, though? That's what made him un- uncommon. He might have appeared as a common person, but what was inside of him, the world had never, ever seen before. He was able to do things and act certain ways, and no one had ever seen that before. And, you know, the same goes for us. We're just like Jesus. We're, we're a common people. You know, in a crowd, we probably pretty much blend in. There isn't really anything particular that stands out about us, unless you're me and you have a large head, and then people can see you from everywhere. But, um, you know, it's possible for uh, someone to uh, mistake us for another. You know, we go to school like most people. We work common jobs. Some of us might have similar cars. So how are we supposed to be different? You know, how are we supposed to stand out? How are we supposed to make a difference? And how can we be uncommon in a common world? Well, I'll tell you since you're so eagerly wondering. You know, it's inside us. It's what's inside us that causes us to stand out. And... It's uncommon. You know, what's in us is, is, is life and light, and, and what's in us is compassion and mercy and grace and love. Those things wouldn't be there, though, if Jesus wasn't living on the inside of us, you know. And, um, you know, this is, this is what's going to set us apart. Let me uh, turn with me to Mark 16, verse 17 through 18. Mark 16, 17 through 18, out of the NLT. This is who we are. I'm I'm going to explain to you who we are. Verse 17 says, These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. Verse 18, They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. So it says, these miraculous signs shall accompany signs shall accompany those who believe. And 
if you're in here tonight and you're a believer, that's, that's who, that's us. That's, that's who this verse is talking about. You know, we have the ability to cast demons out of people, like, legitimately. And it's not sci-fi. It's not a movie off of Spike TV. You shouldn't be watching that channel anyways. Um, <laughs> it's a real legitimate thing. You know, a lot of people, when they get to that part, they skip over it. Um, they think, oh, that's not for today. Um, I've seen it in person. I've seen it happen before. Heard plenty of stories of it happening before. Um, and it's not anything to get freaked out about either. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the exorcism movies where their heads are spinning around in complete circles, which would cause your neck to break and you would die, and their eyes roll back in your head. It's not that. Hollywood's made to be, out to be something that is not. So we're talking about this is who we are. The first part of it says, well, cast out demons in my name. Um, and you can pray. You can pray for somebody that you know has, a, has an evil spirit inside of them, and uh, it has to come out. Nothing's more powerful than the name of Jesus, you know? Another, uh, the next part of it says they will speak in new languages. This is referring to speaking in tongues or, or praying in the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Jordan just finished a uh, four-week series on uh, the helper. It was awesome. Probably one of my favorite ones he's done so far. And, um, you know, if you want to find out more about what it means to speak in tongues or pray out, pray out in the Spirit, um, you can go to our church website and or, uh, was it Corey Podcast? Is that right? Boom, Church on the Rock Podcast. And you can download it there. And, you know, so if you want to know more about that, you can, you can look at it there. I'm just not going to go super far into it. But um, basically, you can pray in a secret language, language that not a single one of you in here knows what I'm praying out. It's between me and God. It's between me and the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's pretty cool. That's kind of uncommon today. You don't really find a lot of people doing that. And there should be, though. You know, the uh, next part of it talks about um, if you pick up snakes, uh, you can handle them with safety. If you're drinking anything poisonous, this is, just, this is not anything to do with I'm going to pick up a snake, poisonous one, and if it bites me, well, I guess God's not going to protect me. No, that's, that's a bunch of silly stuff. It's just talking about if you're out, Charles, and you're doing your gardening and you're, you're plucking a fresh tomato off and you drop it and you reach down and you get bit by a snake. That's what that, this kind of stuff is talking about, stuff where you're not tempting God. And it also talks about if you drink anything poisonous, uh, it won't hurt you. That's if, say, someone, not that they're going to, but someone would uh, put a little something in your food that they're not supposed to. You could eat it, and the blood of Jesus is like, you know, that's no big deal. It has no effect on you. That's what it's talking about. It's not, I'm going to drink this poison to see if it hurts me. You don't tempt God. The next part, they'll be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Not they might possible maybe no it's they will be healed you can do that you can lay your hands on people that have sickness in their bodies and command it to come out again there's n- not a single force on this earth that's more powerful than the name of jesus everything has to obey it. everything has to listen to it there's no way out of it for for sickness and disease you know this is like this thing these things that i'm saying this is kind of like superhero type stuff especially since a good movie just ended uh, Captain America Civil War, I saw it, Black Panther is awesome, sorry for whoever didn't see it, because Black Panther's in there, and I just told you, um, hopefully he was on the trailer, so, you know, all of these things that we just named in Mark 16, things that a lot of people just look over and be like, eh, no big deal, it's not for today, um, well, it's very real, and it is for today, uh, 
these things make us uncommon to a common world. We might look fairly common on the outside, but what's in us, the, the things that we have the ability to do because Jesus is living in us, that's what makes us, that's what sets us apart. You know, there's other things that we have the ability to do which the world could see as uncommon. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is, it's one of those things, it's, it's up there. It's, it's such a powerful thing. Forgiveness will either keep you in chains and bondage, keep you depressed, keep you from, uh, it'll make you sick if you don't forgive people, tears your body apart, or it has the ability to set yourself free and others, and you can do that, you can forgive. I'm talking about things that aren't very, aren't very common in today's world. You know, another one is love. I know it sounds pretty simple, but, you know, love's a force that can break down any barrier. You know, walls that people have put up against you, uh, love is the force that destroys those things. You know, especially like I'm saying today, choosing to love rather than hate or, or be jealous or mean to people, the world sees that and they think, that's different. You know, why are they different? So you can, you can speak to people and minister to people just by living loud and by loving people. You know, we have the ability to turn this world upside down just like Jesus did because he's living in us. If, if, if Jesus never came, if he wasn't living, a, li- living in us, it'd be pretty hopeless. It wouldn't be, it'd be a pretty boring life, let's just say. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't know that Jesus is living, living in you, maybe you don't know a whole lot about Jesus, we're going to change that in about 10 minutes. I have two points I want to talk about real quick. You can write these down. Number one, we are common people with an uncommon calling. We are common people with an uncommon calling. If y'all want to uh, turn with me to um, Mark sixteen fifteen. Mark sixteen fifteen. Verse 15 says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So we're talking about common people with an uncommon calling. That's what we were designed to do. Of course, we were put on, put on earth to worship God, but God wants us to go out and tell everybody we can about him, about the good news, you know, the good news that, God sent his son Jesus to come down to earth to to die for us, to take our place, to take the punishment that we deserved. But since he loved us so much, he willingly took our place. You know, people that don't know Jesus are are spending their entire lives uh, searching for the reason they're put on this earth. You know, we know why we have been because we've we've talked to God about it. We've prayed about it and asked God, you know, Lord, what what have I been put on this earth to do. And, and knowing that, it gives us purpose, you know? It gives us a, a reason for living. Turn with me to First uh, John 4.4. First 4. John 4.4. 4. My shoe just squeaked if anybody was laughing. Can you hear that? 1 John 4.4. 4. This is out of the, the King James, the King Jimmy. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, 
because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That brings me to my point number two. What comes on you is not greater than what is in you. What comes on you is not greater than what is in you. What am I talking about? What about sickness when sickness tries to get on you? What about depression? What about uh, hurt from family members? What about uh, um, letdowns from people that you're, you're close to that, that hurts you and you, know, you weren't planning on it, that happening? What comes on you is not greater than what's in you. It's very important to know. You know, we're all going to experience storms in life. I'm not confessing that over anybody. It's just that's part of life. If we were just down here and life was just a cakewalk, there wouldn't really be a need for Jesus. There wouldn't be much of a need for faith. But um, God wants us to trust in him. You know, if you feel that things are becoming uh, hopeless in your life, just remember that Jesus is living in you and he's the hope of the world. So no matter where you go, you can carry hope with you. No matter what situation you're in, you can carry hope with you. You know, God's given us, you and I, authority to deal with any situation. And that's, authority is another thing that goes with being uncommon because we have Jesus living on the inside of us. So those were the two points I had. Number one, we are, we are common people with an uncommon calling. Number two, what comes on you is not greater than what is in you. Is that good? Well, I'll close with this. I want to give everybody the opportunity. I know we have some home folk, but I also know we have some, uh, some fresh faces tonight. And um, I want to give everybody a chance to get to know God. You know, if I didn't take the time to, to stop, and, and I could just end the service, and we could just go home, and it would be fine. But if I didn't give it, take the time to talk to you all for a second about Jesus, I would be robbing you of, of the best decision the best opportunity you've, you'll ever have, the single greatest opportunity, the single greatest decision you could ever make in your life. I always, I always say there isn't, there isn't a greater decision that you can make. So let me tell you about him. So 